page for hours. Please. Greetings and salutations. This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate Cage cast, where we discuss each of the National Treasure's cinematic masterpieces and his life. We also try to glean any kernels of wisdom we can from his character that week. I am Donnie, a.k.a. The Boy Who Blew. <laughs> I am Linda, a.k.a. Bree, because I couldn't think of another Canadian cheese, so I just went French. Uh, I'm Adrian, and uh, let's all have some crullers, eh? <laughs> and today, note. you can call us the Real Grease Bomb Boys. <laughs> Uh, 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 it's uh, fitting. <laughs> so, if we're gonna get in the spirit of things, well, you you get in the spirit of things. <laughs> Greetings, Cage fans! Prepare to grease your asses and glide on into this week's episode, where we discuss the noble sport of bootlegging, betrayal, and forcing your affections on others and violent mood swings that would put Tommy Wiseau to shame. It's immoral, whimsical, sinful, and beyond redemption. Thank you, Canada. Thank you, Canada. All right. Oh, Canada, land of <sighs> Brian Adams. Yeah, I'm oh. going to throw out there, I will not say anything negative about the Canadians. So There's nothing I'm negative to say well, about the Canadians. You know, they're fine. Brian Adams. You yeah. just say I it. I got some friends up there who are really cool and Brian Adams. I enjoy and Corey Hart. <laughs> yeah. And Poutine. Yeah. And uh Timmy Hosh. <laughs> sure. And like all kinds of random people who you don't know to know are Canadians. They're like covert Canadians. You're like, holy shit, the whole time. Yeah. 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 I wanna be a Canadian. I wanna well, do anything else but watch this again. Well, how many times did you go through it? I think I think I gave it three sits, three and a half. It was kind of hard to do all at once. I'll admit that right now. One viewing, and I will discuss why after we do our little spiels. Because you had to set the disc on fire. <laughs> Put it in a okay, circle well, of salt. <laughs> why, don't, why don't I start dumping factoids on this thing to give people a picture of this uh, 19th century Canadian sculling epic? Can you tell us about it? All right. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it here. Okay. So uh, this thing was actually in production during 84, but not released until 86. I can't imagine why. (laughs) From August of October to 84. um, I'm I'm just assuming it was shelved because it is bad. Um, It was actually not televised anywhere until 11 years later, and that was in Sweden. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Both of our people. It was released in... uh, (laughs) And porn. And porn. It came out in U.S. and Canada the same day. I think that was January 17th of 1986. Uh, And that was the same day that uh, Clan of the Cave Bear was released, as well as the original Iron Eagle and Troll 1. Oh, shit. Whoa. So, as you can see, go to the theater and you'd pretty much watch anything but The Boy in Blue. Yeah. You know, unless you had like a terrible girlfriend or you weren't very discerning or you'd already seen the other three movies somehow in the same day. True. Uh, so uh, Ned Hanlon, Nicolas Cage's character in this movie, the sculling champion of the 1880s. Uh, he was a real guy. Uh, he was uh, five foot eight inches tall and weighed 150 pounds. At least that was his racing weight. I guess he weighed more. And then he like did a massive training montage every time before. <laughs> Well, obviously, with old man Crothers. (laughs) Right. Uh, He died in his 50s of pneumonia. 
Um, and uh, at his funeral in in Toronto, there was a crowd of ten thousand people. Apparently, uh, they liked him pretty well. Apparently, and he had Jesus. eight children. What God the hell? Damn. Yeah, that's he why busy. he died in his fifties. Yeah. <laughs> Did he have to grease his ass for that too? <laughs> no, he used the sliding seat. Oh, God. I don't know what the big deal is. My stool slide. Bully. Uh, uh, um, so uh, among the uh, among the uh, co-stars on this movie, uh, everybody, of course, recognized Christopher Plummer. Uh, and uh, there's also his sidekick, uh, David Naughton, um, who was, of course, an American werewolf in London for John Landis. Yay. And uh, before that, uh, his big splash was being the guy in the Dr. Pepper ad. Oh, yeah. He's a pepper. She's a pepper. David Naughton also was a pepper. Um, this is one of two 1986 Canadian releases for uh, Mr. Naughton. Uh, the other one is a terrible comedy called Separate Vacations, which I own on VHS because Linda helped me fish it out of a dumpster with like a hundred other movies. On my birthday. On your birthday. <laughs> I gave you the best birthday of your life with that. <laughs> hey, I got the uh, Police se- Academy 4 animated movie. So, I mean, <laughs> like, it's probably play? better than the actual Police Academy 4. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for my sister for that. What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, today's movie was directed by Charles Jarrett. Uh, Charles Jarrett's career is is a rocky affair. Um, it started off strong enough uh, in, in the late 60s. He made uh, the Richard Burton epic, Anne of the Thousand Days, about Henry VIII and such. Um, and he made Mary, Queen of Scots. But then later he did the musical remake of Lost Horizon, which is hailed as one of the worst movies ever by those who remember that it exists. And in 1980, uh, he did Disney's Condor Man. Oh, yeah. Anybody who's seen it knows what a mess that was. Yeah. It's like, I know, let's cash in on the superhero fed and the Inspector Clouseau movies as well, and maybe the Roger Moore James Bond movies. Oh, we don't know what we're doing. The end. Yeah, it was no Puma Man. It, it, was, it was. That's true. <laughs> Puma Man had more man stuff in it. <laughs> Which I think he also uh, directed a movie called, was it The the Male of the, the Species? I think so. He, yeah, his career seemed to have a lot of TV in it, so I didn't look through it too carefully. I'm just naming the ones that I've seen. Yeah. Oh, okay, because he it had um it had a lot of people in it, like including Sean yeah. Connery, Male of the Species. Oh, yeah, it's a TV movie. When's that from? Um, it had a '70s TV movie. Or? Uh, let's see. Doo, 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 doo. It had Michael Caine and Sean uh, oh, Connery oh, and Lawrence Olivier. You can't have both. That would just be too awesome. <laughs> Oh man! Wait, wait, wait! They're the same person. <laughs> wait, wait! Michael, Meg, wait! Kane and Olivier reunited from Sleuth. You got it. Which is, yeah, I'm talking about the 1972 Sleuth, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> not, I'm not talking about that crap one. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, um, uh, what's what's his name? The Jude Law. You know, I mean, he's hot stuff and all that. You know, uh, and it was it was cute to have that gay come on, but that's a terrible movie. The, the remake. Yeah, Jude Law. You lost me once you said Jude Law. <laughs> you got lost in his eyes. Yeah. Uh, eyes. So, um, and out his Dumbledore. And out his Dumbledore. <laughs> uh, today's movie, which is The Boy in Blue, by the way, uh, uh, it sounded really bad. Uh, one of the reasons for this is that the music was composed by Roger Webb. Uh, I, I don't know too much about Webb. I hadn't seen most of his films. However, he did do the score for Golan Globus's little-known The Omen Knockoff, The Godsend. 
cool. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, he did uh, he did music arranging work and conducting for television music stuff. Did you guys notice that there were some parts, like especially in montages, that uh, it the music in the background sounded like the Lumberjack song? Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a like a, a dramatic Well, apart from the music being bad, the entire soundtrack is flanged. I think that was I think there was a mistake in somewhere in the editing room. It's either the editing room or the transfer. Did, did we all? Did we? All, wait, okay, so Donnie, did you did you have the same edition DVD as we had? Uh, no, I don't believe so, because okay. when Linda was mentioning a lot of audio issues, mine was flawless. There was oh, weird. no issues. So it, it didn't it didn't have that tinny echo sound? It didn't sound flanged? No, and I'm guessing that's okay, because so maybe I that's paid just a bad $30 transfer. for this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, when 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 the when the one I ordered finally comes in the mail, I'll I'll find out if that's any better. Well, there's you know, this one scene like the where again. the uh where uh the main female character and Nick Cage's character are talking, and you could hear every time she turns to him, it's like shh, blah 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 shh, blah 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 shh. It's really bad, but which is funny because uh, Don White, David Appleby, and Dan Latour were apparently uh, nominated for. For a genie award for best achievement in sound editing for this film, yeah. Well, I mean, that sound, the, the the extra noise there, like of her turning and all that. I mean, like that's probably since they were shooting in historical locations, you know, with all the hardwood, it's echoey. Mm. They probably didn't use anything to deaden it, you know. Um, yeah. Um, the movie looked like shit, though, <laughs> um, and it was shot by uh, Pierre Minot. Um, Dude did a lot of French-titled movies because you know, he's from Quebec and stuff. Uh, but he did shoot one American movie that some people may have seen. He, he was the cinematographer on The Sixth Day. Oh. With Schwarzenegger, which is also terrible. So it's, it's fine. Incredibly so. Yeah, it's like, you know. Hey, you guys, let's combine Eraser and End of Days. What? A bad Schwarzenegger film? <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> Collateral damage was the best movie ever. <laughs> That's my uh, movie producer voice. Uh, no, Good no, job. No. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you the polite clap. <laughs> Making movies. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'd say uh, you definitely shouldn't try to get the film because uh, I think we drove up. The well, it's cost. hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the cheapest copies there were. Even on eBay, this thing is phenomenal. The cost, uh, whatever it is. Do, do you much. think there's somebody out there who's just like, just like insane for like uh, sculling movies, and they just pay it? Sculling, I'm gonna sculling. find out. <laughs> I'm gonna find out because I don't want this movie in my possession anymore. So I'm gonna try and sell it for two hundred dollars. In see fact, the happens. only other movie I can think of that had sculling in it was The Social Network, and that was just a little bit about those. Oh, right, characters yeah. And, you know, like in, in England, you know, and that was group sculling. That wasn't uh, one man sculling like in this film. That sounds like it should be porn. Group sculling. One <laughs> <laughs> uh, of those types uh, of porn that, like, once you watch oh, yeah? it, there's no turning back. Yeah. Oh. Uh, speaking of porn, yeah. So about about <laughs> the fact that uh, this movie has a lot to giggle at, uh, intentionally or, on, or otherwise. Um, well, with uh, certain lines. 
And in fact, uh, let me read off some some uh, some some lines from this movie out of context. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we have "Suck It, Sinner." That's my favorite. Smooth like butter. I'll be pissing down your back. <laughs> Come on, get to my favorite. My pissy pals don't do this to me. <laughs> and rubbed my backside raw. You left out one of the best ones oh, in the entire Oh, damn it. Movie. Oh, no. what I miss? <laughs> I'm much bigger with my clothes on. Yes! So, yeah, he, he, like, never wears a shirt in this movie for, like, for, like, He's at least a good half of it. Shirt. He's man. That's right. Yeah. You know, no, he really Hulk Hogan's it. Yeah, he just rips the shirt off. <laughs> Living a the dream of Nick Cage. Um, I also um, enjoyed all the top oarsmen will be there. The real grease bum boys. <laughs> Speaking of greasing bums, uh, are you done with your factoids, Ajon? Yeah, yeah. From here on I out, it's just me laughing. Some, at the movie. Uh, some yeah. facts about the movie that are uh, quick and dirty. Okay, yeah, dirtiest. Okay, butter that bread. So, uh, as I just said, it's 1986. Director Charles Jarrett. 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 I don't know. Um, I say Jarrett. Sure, yeah. that one. Uh, it was written by Douglas Bowie, so we have him to thank. And the budget oh, life on was Mars. Uh, seven, was estimated at 7.7 million dollars Canadian. Which uh, I looked it up, and it converts back oh. in 1986. It would convert to about 5.5 million American dollars, and it grossed two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in the U.S. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah. From from what I read, uh, Canadian audiences weren't so hot for it either, because uh, some people were a, a little upset that uh, a famous Canadian hero was portrayed by an American actor. Yeah, frankly so, I think. Canada, we're sorry. Yeah. We're also sorry. Yeah, we're very sorry. Yes. Would you yeah, please accept like to us? Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a Canadian I so mean, bad, you guys. <laughs> well, you know, the border's right there. Hop on. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you could be like Hart and tell everybody that you're from there. Oh, is that what they do? That was it. Well, when they got started, they toured in Canada a lot. And actually, uh, in, in Canada, and Canada isn't the only place. I just know this to be true for Canada. Um, they, they favor airplay for Canadian artists. Only a certain oh. amount of like like American and other foreign acts can be played on the radio stations there. So it was it was a it was a career thing to tell Canadians that that Hart was Canadian to get them airplay in that country. Well, they're close, oh, right? Cool. I mean, they're from Seattle, right? Yeah, they're 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 from somewhere around here. They're our neighbors and stuff. You know, we like borrow cups of sugar from them. <laughs> so, do we have no explanation from Cage as to why this movie was? Oh made yeah, yeah. What's, what's, what's what, does the book mention it at all? Uh, no, but it did have a quote. Um, oh, first of all, I've got to, uh, I've got to apologize. Linda Dunn fucked up. Um, I believe in. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. I, I would like to apologize for my sister. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I spend my whole life apologizing for you. <laughs> anyway, I fucked up. I think it was in the Cotton Club. I said that he got his back tattoo. Obviously, that's uh, if you watch the movie, it's obvious that it wasn't until after this movie. Well, how do we know he doesn't just have makeup on it? 
Yeah. Um, because his, uh... Because you found out that wasn't true? Yeah, because it's just not <laughs> okay. true. Uh, Fake news! He had a you girl. lied to me! I know. <laughs> and God damn it, Donnie. I'd like to take this time to apologize, I'd like to apologize. for Donnie. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for my sister giving false information. <laughs> no apologies! Rick and do I'm gonna go ahead and tweet that now. I will not be taking any questions at this time, as I would just like to focus on being with my family. I do not immediately <laughs> <Yes>. recall. <laughs> anyway, after watching the movie, um, apparently Nick Cage said, quote, when I saw that, I thought, well, I'm never going to take my shirt off again, or at least not like that. I wanted to get as far as I could from the beefcake image. And so that he did by getting... Oh, this is the movie that did that. Okay, I was going to say, it's like, you know, based on the information earlier, I'm like, it's a little weird that he said he wasn't going to take his shirt off, and then his shirt's, like, off, like, all the time after that. Well, I mean, every time his shirt did come off, that woman's panties did drop. I mean, you visibly (laughs) see her going from hating him to just, like, sploosh. And you can hear it in the audio. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Sploosh>. <laughs> I mean, he's he has been fit in everything we've seen him in, and he's been yeah, showing yeah. us that. But like, holy crap, he was ripped. Yeah, goddamn. Like, it was yeah. like it's like it's like it's like y'all ripped up like Rambo, not the yeah. first Rambo, the second Rambo. He had angry abs. Maybe that's why he, he really like his shirt. Yeah. Like, holy crap! You know, no, they got the camera freaking like like just sort of flying over. Like, ah. <laughs> when I first saw the IMDb uh, cover that's on there with him and his um, like his uh, bandana wrapped around or around his head, oh yeah, 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 it made it's me like wonder if like if it was just a Rambo ripoff because I didn't know anything about yeah. the movie going you into know, it. They should have marketed it that way. They would have made more money if they just had like that that awesome exaggerated painting of like shiny, you know, like you know, like the shirt shirtless like cage, like holding a broken off oar and going yeah. <laughs> a world of boats and poutine. <laughs> but I mean, it kind uh, of may as well have been uh, a Rambo, a Rambo, uh, like well, I don't Rocky ripoff. We got like a collision of a couple of different types of movies here once again, oh, where you know it's like yeah. you got you get the you get the uh, the, the stuffy family friendly historical picture. You get you get the biopic, which is its own inferior genre, and you get the sports movie. On, on this top of movie that. shocked the hell out of me. Yeah? Yes, because it's like watching this the first 20 or so minutes, it's so whimsical. It reminded me of like the old Disney movies from the 80s. Where it is like is a musical from colorful colorful 1969. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That's, yeah. Another, that's another reason I brought up the photographer there. It's like, why does every shot have a freaking white hot spotlight on the <laughs> actors? Not only that, it just had a very upbeat tone for everything. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm rowing out of my competition yeah, I just yeah, won. I'm rowing music. into a place with illegal yeah. booze, and I'm going to row away to go everywhere he was going. He was And rowing. everyone's wearing suspenders <laughs> and boater hats. It felt yeah, like it but should be like say, the, the merry misadventures of Ned Hanlon. It yeah, they cut out the that, sex scenes. They could have had that. Oh my god! See, that's just it. Even the first sex scene. All this reminded me of like movies like uh, "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." Where it's yeah, just so no, it does. It looks silly. like a '60s movie. It yeah, looks like, like a was, '60s period movie. 
things happened, but there were no real consequences. Yeah. And even when he gets mad, he's like, he goes ballistic, over the top, cagey mad, and then it's like, oh, fuck it, I forgive you. We're just silly goofballs anyway. And yeah, nobody and broods forgiven. or ruminates on her, or on anything. They just, in the next yeah. scene, it's like, okay, that was the part of his life where he had a hard time, but don't worry, oh, folks, in this next me, scene. Silly. That's also the thing that bugged me, was when he tried out the old man's boat. It's like, okay, they're gonna have the funny, haha, it didn't work, he fell in the water, Right. And then they're going to fix the boat. He's going to come out and then they're all going to be blown away when it works. But it's not no, even it's a like the same day. It's like no, later it's just, on that. Evening. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like dusk. And he's like, it's smooth like butter after all. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, OK, it worked. <laughs> Nobody gave a shit. That but was what one made thing me that, shocked. Oh, sorry. It's OK. It's what shocked me about the fucking movie was how whimsical it was. And then all of a sudden it's like you have tits. It's like, what the shit is this doing in my fucking Passamaquoddy movie? The fuck? <laughs> it's like, that's when it stopped being silly. And that Nicholas Cage belongs to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it felt like a, it should have been a family movie. Uh, yeah. But then they're they would have They would have probably made more money if they just opted with that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like just just make it an '80s PG. But the thing is, like with this movie, it's it, like they took a lot of liberties because they they must have because I couldn't find anything on uh, on Knox in real life, uh, Christopher Plummer's oh, yeah. villain. He's probably character. a composite character. You know, they do that a lot in biopics. Well, I yeah. also couldn't find anything about him getting barred from racing in the U.S. for for a lifetime, which is something that happened in the movie, and it was like a it was a big dramatic beat. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't see that on uh, on the wiki either. Yeah, was that one stupid he old U.S. Over his opponent? <laughs> yeah, bastard. Well, it said that it's, it's some epic collision in a boat the size of a pool cue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the research I, I I did like said that um, he did he did kind of like have a a, a short stint with uh, bootlegging because his uh his he lived on um like on an island and which ended up being called Hanlon Point, uh, but not after him. It was named after his parents who owned and ran a, a, a motel or a hotel on Hanlon Point. And, um, a Holiday Inn? Sure. Lane. No, it's a Holiday Inn. And, uh, <laughs> you, you, you call it a motel, hotel, holiday. holiday. I got Okay, okay, whatever. It's one of those magic codes, <laughs> like you know. I'd like to apologize for that. For <laughs> I beat you to it. it. <laughs> I apologize for myself. <laughs> and I apologize for both of them. <laughs> but not for myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuse. What is the beans? Hey, what? <laughs> but um, much like uh, the Cotton Club, we have uh, apparently we have uh, Nick Cage playing somebody of Irish descent again. His parents were uh, well. Ned Hanlon's parents were Irish, mm -hmm. so I mean, obviously, naturally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, he's still playing a guy that's chauvinistically pushing women around and an alcoholic. Yes. He's drinking yeah, in every movie not, he's been in. It's not a big stretch from uh, the other roles that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. He's, well, he's either uh, playing an Italian-American stereotype or like some other like Irish immigrant stereotype. Somehow. Well, and apparently in real life, from what I was able to find, he did uh, bootleg liquor to the island where he lived. So he could sell, uh, he could sell, uh, 
uh, alcohol to guests without a license. But that's all I was able to find oh. on that. And I and that, that um, doesn't isn't mm-hmm. is it still technically bootlegging? That just sounds yeah. like a little bit of a little bit of tomfoolery. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was yeah. thinking. That just sounds like shady business. Like like bootlegging, you think like you know gangsters and from country to country and right. Yeah, you know. But not so much I, with him. I honestly thought you were going to say that you found out in real life Nick Cage did early bootlegging. It's like, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, he did it. 80s bootlegging, a.k.a. cocaine smuggling. <laughs> yes, and that's why Coppola made Coppola wine. So that way his son, well, his oh. nephew, would no longer be um, legally transporting alcohol. <laughs> and Nick said, you just don't understand. <laughs> like, I gotta be me. It's acting. <laughs> Doing the method. Pull my teeth out. <laughs> but uh, the real Ned Hanlon had to road to get to school, to visit friends, and do most things on the mainland. So apparently Maybe that's... Maybe just don't live on that island. Mm. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in real life, he sounded like a real showboating asshole. Um, I and mean, I bet he skipped well, leg day, too. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I don't know. It's weird because, like, as a politician, it sounds like he was a good, decent guy. But uh, as the uh, end uh, end crawl uh, and text crawl of the movie tells us after the freeze frame. Well, another thing to make us feel like this is a TV movie. He fought like as an alderman. He fought he he fought for um, like uh, uh, cleaner harbors for um, bike lanes in uh, in the city for a, a public pool and uh, for public libraries. So, I mean, he sounded like a really awesome guy, but then in his races, uh, apparently uh, there were some people where <laughs> some races where he would be uh, like, he would just showboat and he'd boat he'd, races. <laughs> yeah. Boat, you guys like I'm on a muscle relaxer. <laughs> and you didn't figure. share. Like, I actually need it. But I'd like to apologize for my sister's God abuse damn, of I'll these take pills. off the Twitter where I'm, <laughs> I'm apologizing for you. Did okay? Ned Hanlon have it. a sister? <laughs> God damn it. Anyway. I feel like the, a movie about him having been that alderman guy and like having flashbacks to being a boat race dude would have been more like, you know, more interesting instead of just like oh, this yeah. linear biopic crap. Can we have like, Lynch like, direct it? What now? <laughs> Can we have Lynch yeah, direct it? Yeah, but then we wouldn't have everyone fucking betraying him and literally everyone betraying him. Well, then maybe Tommy Wiseau should I'm tired of this world. <laughs> It's like even the guy that saved him in the beginning fucking betrayed him, but then turned around and he's okay with this. He's like, I'm going to swim out and give you a wrench. Good. Why you betray me, Nox? Here we go again. <laughs> exactly. You take the two on the left. Oh, oh, there's only two of them. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then there's that Australian uh, guy who he races against twice, Trickett, who looks like Matthew yeah. Lillard with a mustache glued on. Yes. Oh, yeah. I and I don't remember the actor's name, but he only did three movies, so fuck him. 
But apparently that was one of the guys where in the, like when he, in real life, when he was racing against him, he kept stopping and like talking to people on some of the steamboats and waving to the crowd. And then he like faked collapsing and then he saw him coming up and then he was like, oh, guess I better continue racing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that well, that would have been nice to include in the movie. Yeah. As, sure. as opposed to the part where he's drunk and, like, everybody else stops rowing, too, and it's like, keep rolling, you loafers! But you can't have him look even sort of kind of like a, a showboating asshole in the movie. Was it just me, or did it seem like when he took Nick Cage to the little fair before the race that it really did seem like this is what cocaine is like, where he's just so giddy and happy waving a tiny American flag? Oh, yeah, yeah. Smiling at everything. Dude, dude he's the worst. Really he keeps doing that doofus happy. grin in this movie. Yeah. That's yeah. Like every time he's he smiles, the, like... <laughs> he sees the Calypso. Don't see. Don't see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dr. Pepper guy pops up and is like, hey, wait a minute, you're trying to ball my wife. When'd you two get married? Oh, wait, I introduced you, stupid fool. <laughs> yes. I love that, because in one of the first scenes, it shows him, uh, like, simulating sex with with the Dulcie character, and then um, and then he's like, oh, wait. Yeah, I wonder if he got any action through those pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, he's like, oh, wait, a new lady. Oh. oh. There's only two women in the world, lady. and she's the other one. <laughs> yeah, that was just so sudden, too. He's like, yeah, oh, well, no, every, everything is at a yeah. freaking breakneck pace. Is it? Yeah. yeah now, like, to be fair, he doesn't like break up with her or anything. Right. All of a sudden, it's yeah. just like he just like ghosted her, and then now, he sees her again, and he like hits on her. And yeah, she's like oh yeah, I'm married to yeah. your uh, manager now. Right. Yeah. No, it I mean just, like, which is dumb, but but uh, at least this thing at least isn't guilty of one sin that most biopics are guilty of. At least this movie, as bad as it is, uh, focuses on just one aspect of the guy's life, you know, just like oh, yeah, one part yeah. of his career, you know, um, yeah. because most most bad biopics, you know, and most biopics are pretty bad, um, will try to take on the entire life, birth to death. Like they'll they'll, yeah. they'll have little bits with another actor portraying them as a child with like a with, with like you know like with their out with a beagle or something, you know, and then like when he first takes an interest in bootlegging, you know, and then. Later on, it's like, I guess I can't race boats anymore. Retire, yeah. run for office. <laughs> I know. They, yeah, didn't, they didn't try to bite off too much. Into something new. Yeah they, they, yeah, they just took a manageable portion of his life and failed at that. Yeah. It just feels as rushed as they kind of did a lot of this. It reminded me of uh, that scene in Ed Wood when uh, Lobo, not kick, call him Lobo, it's something else entirely. But when Tor Johnson hits the wall and the whole set, set <laughs> shakes. And like, all right, great, film it, move on. It's like, but wait, the whole thing shook. It's like, that's you gotta look at the big picture every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a problem he has to deal with all the time. <laughs> we don't have a permit. <laughs> yeah. It's like Nick Cage just won. Let's move on to we lost. But what happens after? Who cares? Well, I couldn't tell how much of this <clears throat> movie was like shitty acting and how much was just shitty dialogue. Well, there was there, 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 the dialogue's pretty shit. Yeah. You know? Like they're making an extra special effort to get to get the dialogue to actually sound like 1880s. And not considering yeah. whether or not any of it will sound good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually. Um, um, go ahead. Uh, oh no! I, I was going to say. Um, 
<laughs> the, the shit like the line about well that doesn't butter the beans. We'll see whose beans get buttered. It's like it's like you put it on bread, moron. What are you doing? Like, you're not eating beans right. Do you just fill a bowl with something and put a stick of butter in, and no matter what it is, That's these so fruit loops wizard. are great, but they need butter. It kind of feel like a twenty three skidoo moment. <laughs> She's foolish for me. Oh god! But no, yeah. um, I was gonna say that's something I actually looked up because some of my notes on this movie, it literally in the sequence is: is this a movie? Are we sure this is a movie? <laughs> and was Disney behind this? And I went to look up reviews, and there were a lot of critical reviews that came out saying mm-hmm. the exact same thing: that when they watched the movie, they didn't know if it was the acting was bad or just the script was so bad. I, the, that actors the actors had no had way to, to overcome that with it. Yeah. Because like, like, you had such a big cast of people, but they just seem so held back. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen them all in other things, and so we all know that they mm-hmm. can deliver lines and shit, you know, like like yeah, actors, yeah. you know. But, like, here it's like, what the hell are they giving, you know? Yeah, I read a review that put it really well. I think it's from the New York Times where they said that uh, that Christopher Plummer was just there picking up a paycheck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's very reasonable. Yeah. That's that's it incredibly stinks. reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> that it did. Uh, it really uh, way to way to really put the shine on sculling and make it seem like this great clean uh, pre baseball sport by showing it to be uh, corrupt up the yin yang and all for gambling. By the way, but it yeah. was a noble sport of gentlemen. <laughs> It brings out something fine and clean in a man. Yes. <laughs> wow. It makes you an upstanding American hero. And much like Yay. many other uh, 80s sports movies, it had a training montage. It had a couple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it did. It did. It's but, like, what are you doing that thing with the ropes? We have rolling machines now, you moron. <laughs> Bit of film trivia questionnaire for you. Was it Rocky that was the first film that used the sports montage? Uh, I don't know. Like, that sounds like something that might have even existed back during those 1940s wrestling epics. I would be curious. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Rock is the first. I don't know for sure. I don't watch a whole lot of sports movies when I can help it. Uh. Yeah. Oh, something else. Another trope this movie had that was really, really wonderful. I really appreciated was yeah. his love interest. How she goes from just teasing having no interest in him which is still funny as hell to me that when you go and a man tells you you stink and your instinct (laughs) is to nuzzle lovingly his face into your man bosom and rub his ear sensually that you drag a woman by her arm as she tells you to let her go and then ask her hey uh i got a carriage for two i paid three dollars want to go for a ride (laughs) it's like no that's a lot of money back now but it's funny that she comes she comes to warn him. It's like, oh my god, don't race. They're gonna fuck with your shit because I heard them laughing about it. All this yeah. shit's riding You're on the line. You're still a stray dog I've seen kicked in the street and this yeah. isn't sexual at all. How can I make yeah. that clear to you? Oh wait, I'll give in right now for no reason. Yeah. Yes. It's like, hey, I'm trying it, to say Their save relationship like does not develop at room. all. It just happened. No. no. Not only does it just oh. happen, it literally gives you this whole idea that she's kind of frigid, doesn't know what she wants, 
And then as soon as she's with him in his room, it's like, I'm going to force a kiss on you. Whoa, look, whimsical boobs. Compromise me and again. It's, yeah, it's like, you, I know, know what it feels like to be compromised. Compromise we also have no real conception of her relationship with her uncle Christopher Plummer. They just kind of no. have some vague scenes it's together. It's there. We don't know, like, like, until we start spouting off about their marriage, we don't know really how hard he objects, you know, there's some like, well, I kind of threw my niece at him, but I don't know. It's like, oh, five, five thousand bucks, I'd throw my niece at anybody. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> This is five thousand dollars. Like, oh yeah. Well, I uh, I feel something about that, but I'm out of lines and I don't care. <laughs> the depth of their relationship is: I hate you until I see you shirtless, and then I'm just gushing between my legs, and I hate you again. But she just needed some dick, and I that's apparently yeah, all that you she needed to win her over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, again, uh, we we have the uh, Valley Girl moral here. It's like it's like yeah. always uh, never never have clothes on and and stay far away. <laughs> Which even then I did have to laugh at because it confused me even fucking further. You have a bare-breasted scene, love scene. Then she's saying, oh, I want to do it again. And then it's, oh, no, here comes your dad. We got to hug. Yeah, yeah, he got goofy. He pops up through the trap door. It's like, here, now? Yes, Aaron, now. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen uh, a number of uh, low-budget Canadian movies where Christopher Plummer just kind of pops up. And, boy, I'm cruising by for that check, Christopher Plummer. It's like, you know what? (laughs) I was in the neighborhood and thought I'd be in your film. Hey, Christopher Plummer, we need a villain for Cracker Jack, a kind of uh, skiing (laughs) diehard knockoff. I'm your man. (laughs) I wish that would happen to me in real life. Like, Christopher Plummer would just show up. Oh yeah, you might get a, a knock treasure. on your door later. Like, this ass isn't gonna grease itself. <laughs> I was greasing my ass on my way over, and I wanted to apologize to you. Oh, hello. <laughs> he was in that terrible movie Eyewitness with uh, Sigourney Weaver and uh, and uh, William Hurt and uh, and James Woods. You ever see that one? No. This is not a recommendation. Um, <laughs> No, it, it, it's 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 weird, right? Uh, it's uh, for the for, for for all you out there who will never see this movie that Nicolas Cage is not in. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is a it is a movie with with some some very well uh, fleshed out characterizations and a complete throwaway plot. And at the end of the movie, you forgot you watched it, except for certain scenes. That's sort of how like I 81. feel about most of the movies we've watched. Yeah, since we're just following Cage, and like at this point in his career, choosing a good script wasn't as much of a thing. It seems like. Yeah, Nick Cage got to eat. <laughs> but um, this movie is very distinct. We should really, uh, I mean, call attention to it if we haven't already. It's like this is only the second Cage starring role after Valley Girl. Yeah, because everything else he has been like second right. lead or way down in the ranks, like in his uncle's movies. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? true. So he like this, like into it. You know, like this is this is this is his first starring role since '83, and it it's really tragic that it's in that it's such a disaster. Yeah, but he's got to butter those beans and he's got to <laughs> grease that ass. Yeah, so gonna... he was doing it. Dude invented that sliding scene. It's you brilliant. See. Yeah, he was. Uh, the, okay, so Ned Hanlon was one of the first people to use the sliding seat in the in the what do you call it a scullery boat fuck i don't know you think you'd at least need some things on the end to keep the rollers from going off wouldn't that just go out from under you a little bit i don't know like i i've 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 effed up on the rolling machine where i like i got my ass on the track and i'm like ah my bony ass (laughs) well even that the movie just glossed over too how everyone was mocking him for using this but then again nobody celebrated his actually making it work but then suddenly everyone's fucking using the thing yeah the fact that the film's just a highlight reel 
Neil really uh, a lot a lot yeah. suffers. A lot suffers in there. Like uh, he comes he goes goes back to Canada after his ban from sculling in America. And he's a hero, and it's like, didn't he only race like two times? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Oh, time compression. Oh, that's what happened. Oh. <laughs> it's like he, he came back five minutes later, still won it by the law, but it's okay. <laughs> also, um, without the title cards, there's really no way in the movies to distinguish Canada from America from England. Because no. it all looks identical. Everybody dresses the same, speaks the same, the landscape looks the same, the climate and weather are identical. Like, so they didn't go anywhere, did they? <laughs> so you mean like in David Cronenberg movies that New York City is actually Canada? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> it looks Whoa. exactly the same. Wait, but I well, some with, some uh, filmmakers are good at that, though. I mean, like to to be to be fair, you know. Yeah. One thing I loved was uh, in the Charles beginning. <laughs> they they established mm-hmm. the time period. You know, it's the like the 1870s because you see yeah. an asshole on a penny farthing. That's true. <laughs> like one of those old penny farthing bikes, and I was like, oh, okay. All right, I see where we're at. That kind of feels like that's where most of their money went was just the beginning establishing shot because <laughs> you know it's just yeah, costumes. But, but here's the thing though: it's like it's like that that scene, and basically any time he's actually racing the boats, it's like there's there's uh well we, okay we, we basically brought up how like there was no attempt at historical texture. Yeah. Um, and also um, there is no there like this movie came out in fucking 1986, which is like the height of 80sisms. In 80s atmospheric photography, mm-hmm. where you get all that wonderful backlighting, you know, like you, you get and you get you get soft focus things, and you get interesting colors, you know, you get an aesthetic for the love of Christ. And this and 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 every every single scene where they're, where they're just out on the water, it's like, oh, it's 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 a nice day. We're gonna just sort of indifferently shoot it. It's like, yeah, I'm sure this is uh, how it went down. It's like you want to want to try something there, maybe make this look <laughs> a little bit different. Kind of like, haven't you guys watched Top Gun? Come on, make a movie for the love of God. <laughs> Where the fuck is Kenny Loggins? <laughs> right, something you know, like, <laughs> God damn it. Or no, uh, I'm just saying the 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 playing the playing with the boys volleyball scene is better than this entire movie. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Although the same heard that that phrase. (laughs) Well, even the volleyball scene played out if they were just greasing their asses would have been a very very offensive scene. I I apologize for that. I'd like to apologize to Canada that the first uh, Canadian film that we reviewed on this happens to be The Boy in Blue. You know, you don't yeah. like it, we don't like it, nobody likes it. Yeah, the beer's not that bad, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> I- I'm sorry, whiskey. Canada. <laughs> don't you just hate it when when you when you got a nice frothy tall boy and you're a journalist and you drink on it and you go, hey, that hits the spot, hey, what? By the way, they're calling you The Boy in Blue and then you pass out because it was spiked. Don't you just hate that? <laughs> I I can't say that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like, did that guy die or what the fuck? They just don't care. All right, which one he is handling? Uh, I am. He is. I'm up <laughs> with your arm right. Oh, Fucking you can't do goon. this on David Naughton. 
Yeah. Yes. And then, and then his arms in a sling for the next scene, but it got better. What still bothers me is he only won one race, and suddenly you have people in a town giving you spiked beer, trying to kill you, and then he doesn't even win the first one. Arm? He plays, he gets second place just to qualify. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, was he really that intimidating? Maybe they're just anti-Canadian. Like, uh, yeah. the, 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 which, you know, they they could have put that in the movie, maybe, and then there would have been themes. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know like 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 there's there's like there's there's opportunities for all kinds of themes like he's from Canada and he goes to the states or like he comes from you know being poor and you know like there's upper crust people conspiring against him. There's a brief mention of his education or lack thereof but like it doesn't it doesn't bear much fruit. Uh, yeah. The rich people say that he doesn't bathe and we don't really yes. Now are, is that accurate or are they just being dicks? Like people were to the Rolling Stones for having long hair. I'm guessing they're being dicks just because they also mentioned his poor education. It's like even when he has his hearing, they're like, "You're not an educated man." It's like, yeah, what does that have to do with this? So I guess that's one attempted theme. Yeah, yeah. Did, didn't you notice? Like though, after uh, um, like like uh, after after the, after the race where he does poorly, um, where where he passes out, they got him immediately back at bootlegging. <laughs> Yeah. And it's yeah. like, so it's like, did you, yeah, did you, did you, did you just like go right there and be like, oh, well, or, you know, did you think of doing something else or consider racing more? Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, flashbacks, flashbacks uh, might have been, might have been helpful there yeah, or I, doing the whole thing as a flashback them. structure or just something oh, yeah, yeah. a little more concise. I told Lucille, it reminded me of like the old Elvis movies where it's like, oh, I'm just a poor boy washing tables, but I like playing on my guitar. Like, no matter where the fuck he is, there it is. And boom, musical. I'm just hanging everywhere. around in Mexico and I'm afraid of diving, but I got to dive to prove I can and I got to win yeah. this race. It's like, that's what I was. Honestly, I don't think I want to ever say this again in my life, but oh. A Knight's Tale is so much better than this movie for telling the same oh, story. Oh, I, I thought we were at our face-off already, and that this should have been an Elvis movie. Yeah. Would have had a better soundtrack. It would have, and it would have been fun having him Canada, dance to Golden Years. Uh, Canada. Uh -huh. So, my epic cast for this film, and it is rather epic, yeah. was in the part of Bill, you have Al Pacino. For Ned, you have Christopher Walken. Holy shit! For Riley, you'd have Robert De Niro. For Knox, a fancy Michael Douglas. Fancy. For Dolce, you have Vanity. And Dolce? for Margaret, we have Deborah Winger. They were all at the top of their game Ooh. back then. They could have pulled this off, and Vanity would have been fun to have seen it. You know, when I saw Maggie there, I kind of thought like, oh, she's kind of one of them types, you know, like a little bit like a Sean Young or a Deborah Winger, maybe, you know. There you go. Except, you know, she's a Canadian actress. I don't remember her name. She did fine for herself. She she did Canadian well. <laughs> yes. I, I'm apologizing to Canada. I, I, I'd like to take I'm this time. That must have been very difficult. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm That's sorry. Cynthia Dale. Cynthia me. Dale. Uh, she was also in Moonstruck. Ooh. In oh, holy shit! Oh. She was in the original My Buddy Valentine, which is actually one of my favorite uh, slasher movies. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that. Wait, yeah. Did you say that she was on Moonstruck? Yeah. Oh. 
Which we will be getting to eventually. Yeah. God help yeah. us all. God help us all. Uh, you know, I'm going to say uh, uh, Madeline Kahn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because. It just because. Or, uh, you know, it could have been better if they, uh, as a director, it was Lynch. Or uh, I'm going to even say Michael Bay on this one because at least we'd get some explosions. Wow. Uh, I was thinking Adrian Lyne to give it that really nice oh. 80s look. Excellent. Uh, excellent. Or, you know, Tony Scott, you know, make it like Days of Thunder. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Fucking Days of Thunder all the way. That would have been amazing. Let me out of the car, Cole. Let me out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will, it's still better than Far and Away. Oh, it is Far and Away better about? than Far and Away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Irish, he to be sure. He was a sure. boxer. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny little boxing man. I don't na, want na, to na, fight you. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not gonna hit you. I'm not gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> oh, Nicole you clever Kevin. Scientologist. Uh, we can do that accent, right? We're all Irish American. It's not that offensive. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even though I'm a dirty pole. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for Adrian. I, I would also like to apologize for Adrian. <laughs> You'd like to, but <laughs> but legally we're not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I have been advised. So, um, <sighs> what do you guys feel like? What was what kernels of wisdom do you think we could glean from? Oh, but what more like what steaming nuggets of wisdom from this week's movie? Well, fair enough. Um. So, uh, you know, maybe just, just, uh, just hear me out here. Maybe if you have a slump in your uh, newfound sporting career, uh, don't immediately go back to bootlegging. <laughs> yeah. Just give it some time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, um, I guess maybe we're all bigger with our clothes off. <laughs> Uh, you, you, well, you know, Black is slimming. Uh, and, um, yeah. <laughs> which is fine, but he wears, uh, he wears baby blue. Don't call, it's not Yeah, well, this is why I'm bigger with my clothes on. <laughs> they say, ah, uh, uh, behold that sleek black thing, you know, and then a, a wind blows it up. They're like, ah, the great white whale. I've hurt the eyes. <laughs> oh, and tis stretch marks I be seeing. Uh, I'd be blind in the other eye, surely. I'd say that the, the little kernels of wisdom we can find from his character, Ned Hanlon, is to uh, always carry mm-hmm. a spanner and mm-hmm. uh, when in doubt or when insulted, rip off your shirt. Yeah, where is your shirt? Where the hell Why is your shirt? A t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> where the hell is your shirt? <laughs> Oh, Shouldn't my. he have had a pit crew to carry the boat out for him? Why is he carrying it on his own head? Freaking fly-by-night small time. <laughs> pit crew! <laughs> Should have been pulling into the dock to like, change the tires on stuff like that. They would have found that uh, loose uh, bolt right there, too, right away. Which uh, still kind of gets he me. He was doing it wrong. When the person that betrays you is in your little boathouse with your boat, and he's just there because I would kind of question the integrity of your boat. And essentially says, like, oh, by the way, you're going to lose. I mean, I'm going to slightly right. veil it. But, you know, don't feel bad. You're going to lose. Yeah. yeah. But he did feel sorry. <laughs> he, 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 he did. Yeah. He did. Like, oh, damn it. Oh. We win. But now I got to get out of my boat to help you because I want you Poor to win. David Naughton. He did this. And then he did separate vacations. So, like, it's Sunday, everybody. Let's have fun. 
Yeah. And then you did that piece of crap, the sleeping car. Did you ever see that from like 91? No, but I will say that when Linda was asking us our thoughts on this, on wisdom, I actually thought you were going to say, so what do you guys want to do now? I was like, let's dance. That's what I was saying. So what? (laughs) (laughs) We're all going to get laid. Let's dance, dance and not away. (laughs) Well, if we're all going to get laid, we need to get in our robots. Rowboat, that's the name of the puppy I just got from my sweaty, sometimes uh, boyfriend. Sometimes sweaty, and, always shirtless boyfriend. And I will uh, thank you right now for not bringing it up, though I guess I'm going to be bringing it up now, because you kept talking about peen in the last episode. The fact that when she sees Nick Cage working out shirtless and sweaty, you have Cage Bulge. I didn't even notice that. Why did you notice that? Because I had a disc disc that had widescreen or full screen. And this went full screen because I didn't give a shit to change the disc. And it was kind of in your face. You see, like, I didn't didn't think of him that way. And I I couldn't look at him because, you know, in the... You know, if they'd released it just a couple years earlier, they could have capitalized on the 80s 3D (laughs) craze. We could have got 3D cage. It's not a 3D, but your (laughs) face is. But your face is. (laughs) I can't look at him that way because whenever I I think of Nick Cage, I think of him as my... uh, what, uh, as my favorite Nick Cage character, Hi McDonough from Raising Arizona. Uh, oh, that's true. I, I just, I can't, I, I don't know. It, it feels oogie when I, I think of him, like, with a bulge. What well, feels... Well, uh, you know, we're about to get out of the oogie stage yeah. of his career here. I mean, because yeah. uh, uh, coming up, we got Peggy Sue got oh, married, yeah. and we got Raising Arizona, and we got Moonstruck. Yeah. You know, we're, we're we're coming we're coming out of the tunnel. You know, this is just the darkness before the dawn. Well, speaking of being the, oogie and coming yeah. out of the tunnel, I'd like to end this with what I believe is the cage curse and why I don't recommend people doing what we're doing. Because again, we're doing this for your safety. Is I received in the mail today a album I ordered for the new Suspiria remake soundtrack, and Ooh. for some unknown fucking reason. They decided to send along with this a copy of Valley Girl. I was going to get rid of the copy I had of Valley Girl, and I now oh, received only another copy. This makes me feel that Cage is either watching us and aware of us, or he's a oh sentient God. spirit that is just controlling these things. And it's like, I want to destroy this film. It's like, Give my movie another chance. No, I don't want to give it another chance. For sure. Like, totally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then again, if he is doing this, I would like him to please give me my money back because, god damn, these people with these movies selling them on eBay, you are unreasonable and you should be ashamed, you sinners. Yeah, they're now like a couple hundred bucks, aren't they? Yeah. There's a copy of the they boy in suck blue. It, those sinners. Yeah. There's a copy of the boy in blue that's two hundred freaking dollars. What the hell? And he did that. Yes. <laughs> it didn't make two hundred dollars in the theater. How can they charge that? I know. Uh, it's a rarity. It's a hyper rarity. It's collectible. Hello. It's like no, no, but no. But didn't no. we do that by buying all the other copies? aren't we to blame does does it go that fast do we do this in real time three people buy a thing and all of a sudden it's like i'm gonna make money and if if it's like 80 percent of of the inventory out there (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Oh well, God, I guess the right. folks at home won't be buying it. Yeah, that was it. You're right, because even the copy I didn't originally, I couldn't get from Amazon of Valley Girl was only $2.99. And now that I have that, that is the cheapest copy they had, gone forever. Now you have to pay $39. Oh, oh shit. So, Once in a blue moon, you uh, can yeah. wait on a thing and have it improve. You're welcome. Well, if we are responsible, and it seems we are responsible, then... I would like to apologize right now for that. I'd like to apologize for my brother at this moment. Uh, I would like to apologize oh. to everyone except you. Apparently the one I have coming in the mail is Region 2, so I probably can't watch it anyway. Ooh. Oh, you got to come over and watch it on my Region 2 player. Yeah, because I'll be watching this again real soon. I would like to apologize for my sister exploiting her privilege. What? <laughs> 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 I'm privileged because I have a regional player. <laughs> so, what do we have to promote? Uh, <laughs> Amazon, uh, if I really wanted to uh, on Amazon, I could pay uh, $454 for the Boy in Blue. Oh, please don't. I don't think anybody's going to be buying from that seller, though, since it's It much, could be much Nick Cage, and he'll else. come over to your house and watch it with you. I'd buy it. He'll show it to you in his haunted house. Yes, my spooky mansion. <laughs> yeah, like the Lori house. Uh, um, so I guess that was... <laughs> his nickname is the Blue Flash, you know, since it's blue, except for the red underpants and cape. Now I, I would watch this with Zach Baggins and Nick Cage. Yeah, I'd watch that. Baggins is. So you were saying. Uh, so I guess this is the time to say, please listen, follow, rate, and review Cage's Kiss on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're just starting out. We can really use your help. Um, and you know you're foolish for us. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Remember, you can yes. find Cage's Kiss on Facebook and on Twitter at Cage's Kiss. You can visit our website at cageskiss.com, and you can write us at cageskiss at gmail.com. And you can find us online in various places. Various places places sometimes you can find us outside your door questionable place the podcast is coming from inside your house and uh i'm still leo the fox on deviantart.com if you tune in on there you can see the various mazes i've been doing recently if you're into that yeah you can find me on twitter under my new handle the boy who blew otherwise (laughs) you know how to get a hold of me and please don't don't contact anyone with the twitter handle the boy who blew i i don't think that will work out well for you in the end might. Is Andrew Dice oh, really listening? Don't judge the boy who blew. It, can, it might end up in a very lovely evening. But we'll be seeing you guys oh, next week with bait. Peggy Sue Got Married. Uh, thank you, Chuds. Hope to see you next week. And suck it, Center. Suck it, Sinners, and keep that ass greased. This will be your greasy cage kiss off. <laughs> God damn. Ew. Oh, cage, my God. Cage, All right. cage, cage. <laughs>